This is the Indesa Members Memo, a podcast of the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. Indesa is 100% member-owned and is your industry voice. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be hosting this episode. I'm George Gilpatrick, and before I get to the list of member questions, I want to provide a few disclaimers and disclosures. I'm speaking on behalf of myself and Indesa only. Like all other board members, I'm a volunteer, and I don't receive any compensation for my work with Indesa. I pay dues, conference registration fees, travel costs, etc., just like all other board members and all members. I am recording this on the weekend in my office on my own time, so I'm happy to speak freely about these issues. Uh, these are all member questions that came to me by email, phone, and text message. Our first question is from a DER. She asks, can reasonable suspicion testing include over-the-counter drugs? The short answer is yes. On the DOT side, the five-panel test still stands as is, but that does not prevent anyone from adding in testing under their own authority, even if you're not within the requirements and parameters of federal testing. The DOT has provided some guidance. It's in the prescription and over-the-counter toolkit. It's a binder with lots of forms and lots of examples of ways that employers might enact these. Um, but remember that the entire point of reasonable suspicion testing is the detection of impairment and the prevention of someone who may be impaired from performing uh, safety sensitive or covered duties. Uh, remember that alcohol, cold medicine, even fatigue are all legal. So it's not about legal versus illegal. These are all things which could provide uh, substantial impairment of any type. And so determining uh, this is the employer's duty. That being said, remember that the employer does have a professional and ethical obligation to withhold someone from duty if impairment is implicated or suspected. And that's regardless of the test outcome. If someone is clearly unable to perform their duties uh, safely in a way that uh, protects people in the workplace and people in the public, then the employer must withhold that individual, again, regardless of the test outcome. Second question is, do pre-employment tests have to be announced? Well, generally speaking, no, not at all. This is the employer's choice. This is done, I would say, probably certainly less frequently than uh, the standard scheduled test, but there might be an advantage to unannounced pre-employment testing as well. And we do see uh, interesting things arise when employers enact those. There are obvious logistical considerations, and I would probably say that on-site testing works the best. That way, someone is under the impression that they're coming in for an interview, uh, their final HR interview, and they're told they have to uh, submit to a pre-employment test. We've seen a lot of interesting results when those tests are not just DOT, but followed up afterwards by a non-DOT oral fluids test. The differential in positive rates um, is, is enough that I'm mentioning it right now. So the answer is yes, you can, you can do that as an employer. There's, there's no problem with that. Third question is, should our company have a second chance program? Well, this is entirely the company's choice. This is up to you. Uh, there might be some insurance considerations or advantages to doing uh, one or the other. 
Um, but in general, there are advantages and disadvantages uh, to both on the logistical side and the management side. And the employer has to think through those and make the determination as to which is best for them. As you know, on the federal side, either structure is allowed and guidance is provided uh, in the regulations for that. Number four, the question says, I am a new member to Endesa, thank you, and our DOT testing program is growing through several company acquisitions, and it will catch up to our non-federal testing program soon. Where should I start looking when we take over a new program? So this is someone who's uh, purchasing other companies who are uh, regulated, and in this case, if I'm reading the rest of this question correctly, um, they're regulated by a Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, so FMCSA. I would say that the best place to start is if there are return to duty tests or follow-up tests, to immediately start with those. Those are always the most complex uh, of the testing categories to manage. There are several milestones and gatekeeping elements along the way for every single case. And every single case has to be looked at from start to finish chronologically uh, to, to determine if they are uh, being administered compliantly. Very, very often there are problems uh, with those tests and they are, it's just because they are always very complex. Uh, the second would be pre-employment testing. Uh, that one is far less complex. There's one milestone and one gatekeeping element to it, and that is, was a negative test result received before the person began performing the duties uh, which were required by that negative test result. For random testing, you can look at things like how random or how uh, protected the confidentiality of the selection lists are, what's the earliest test that occurs, what's the latest test that occurs. You can get some, some idea about general distribution of the tests. With post-accident tests, you want to see deliberation and documentation amongst the employers uh, and the supervisors, especially, that they're taking things into consideration. They're making actual on-site determinations, thinking things over, talking them through, and documenting everything. And you also want to make sure that there's training there. Uh, for reasonable suspicion, overwhelmingly, you want to look at the documentation that people are making and whether or not those individuals making the documentation have been trained. If they are not, they must be trained immediately. Uh, the fifth question, can we do on-site testing and do all the tests at once? Well, for pre-employment testing, the answer is yes. Random testing, the answer is no. You don't want to do a large uh, cattle call of all the employees because that does not provide any sort of um, <laughs> disincentive uh, they will know that the uh, testing is now complete for that testing period. Uh, for post-accident testing, well, yes, anyone who's uh, required by your company policy or by the federal regulations to be tested should be tested, and sometimes there are more than one. Uh, question number six, how do we test for fatigue? Now, this is a very interesting question. Fatigue is a huge issue in the transportation um, field. It's a huge it's a huge issue in safety and security sensitive industries. And I would say uh, life in general, people driving on the highways and operating equipment fatigue is, is very, very serious. Uh, is there a simple or commercial test that's available for it? If there is, I'm not really aware of it. Uh, I've, I've tried to look up some of them. There's nothing that seems to be 
generally speaking, nothing that seems to be uh, universally applied. Um, but it is different. It's a different form of impairment because it's it doesn't carry the same stigma. And the idea is that it's not well if you're caught if you're caught under the influence of a drug uh, that might be an issue with the employer. Um, there's also might be an issue with law enforcement and some of the stigmas attached to that. But the stigma around fatigue it could be it, it could be uh, in some cases seen as a positive. You were up all night with uh, a new child, a new baby at home, or caring for a relative or something like that. Fatigue is is a very different, uh, a very different subject, a very a different uh, thing itself, because it it is certainly different in the workplace. It's treated differently in the workplace, and people might be less, people might be more or less uh, apt to report that they are unable to perform their duties from being fatigued because they don't necessarily realize how impairing it can be. But in terms of is there a test for it, I have not seen any um, commercially available tests that might be reliable in the same way that our industry uses uh, for some of the others. Maybe that's a bad answer, but that's that's where we are right now. Um, question seven, and this is the entire question uh, that was asked. There was no follow-up. Question seven, can I run an idea by you? Well, my answer is yes. And that's how I answered it in the email. And then I never heard from that person again. So I'm answering it here for you. Number eight, inhalants are commonly abused in my community. Do they show up on drug tests? Well, the answer generally is no. Behavioral indicators are still the best uh, method currently for people abusing inhalants. And if you've ever uh, seen some of the results of these, they're absolutely awful. They're very tragic and we're starting to see uh, traffic fatalities, things uh, increase, uh, which which correlate or are tied to the use of inhalants. It's, it's very, very awful and it's dangerous in the workplace. And it doesn't, generally speaking, does not involve an illegal substance. Um, people um, ingesting very, very toxic gases from uh, computer and electronic uh, cans of air duster and any sort of thing with that, with that type of propellant um, is inhaled. And with, I would say with probably 15 to 30 minute uh, time of immediate impairment and then the lasting effects after that. And then I would say there's certainly long-term effects from that. But, in, but as far as testing goes, there don't really seem to be any, again, like fatigue, there are none that I know of that are widely available that would be used with the same sort of reliability as um, the panel testing that we have, the metabolite testing or the uh, EBTs or something like that. Uh, behavioral indicators are still the best method for that. Nine, should I drug test my teenage daughters? Well, though the words drug and test are in this question, uh, this is entirely a parenting issue and entirely your decision. Uh, if you're the one who's uh, who sent me this question. Uh, but I am sure many of our members could assist you if you decide to go forward with it, though. But this is 100% uh, you. And that's all we'll say about that. And the last one, I think, for today is number 10. What do I do with a client who never completes the testing I send them 
excuses employees all the time, and has lots of compliance issues? Well, this question is obviously from a third-party administrator, and I feel that this issue is something which frustrates just about every third-party administrator um, on this side uh, for very obvious reasons. The first thing to do is document your awareness of the compliance issue and document that you have communicated it to the client. So you are aware that they are doing something wrong and you've told them they must change it. And the jurisdiction for changing it would be either their company policy or a federal regulation, a bit of both, maybe a state regulation, et cetera. Now, if it's manageable, but it's kind of frustrating, I say either stick with them or fire them. You have to make the choice uh, that's best for your business. But if it's not manageable and it's taking a lot of your time chasing them down, uh, I would definitely probably ask them to find a new third-party administrator and then use that time for finding new clients. Uh, I think your business would best be served uh, not spending a lot of time chasing down some people. But if it's a if it's more automated and you keep sending reminders in a way and that doesn't really bother you for your time, uh, you can make the choice to continue. So we got through our 10 questions. I appreciate everyone who sent uh, them in. I'll go through the others in the coming weeks and uh, send more in if you have any. Uh, call, email, uh, text, and I will answer them next week. I'm George Gilpatrick. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the Indesa Members Memo. Subscribe to hear all of our podcasts and join Indesa to access all of our professional industry resources. Visit us at ndasa.com.